Welcome to Authority Optional, where optional outweighs the authority. I just made that up. <laughs> authority Optional, leadership behind the rulebook. We are going to do something a little different today. Um, usually, Josh and I will come up with a category, and then we'll fill out some beats, and that kind of guides the conversation that we're going through. But today, we are going beat-free. We have a topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's We're going in like an acapella group without a beatbox guy. Wow. Um, the topic today is going to be the spectrum between team focused and individual focused. I foresee there's some possibilities of things that we may disagree on. We haven't fully fleshed out all of our thoughts on this. And that's kind of exciting to me because one of the things that we, you and I are about is thoughtful discourse or disagreement as coined by Ray Dalio. So that's what we're going to try to do today. Hopefully you enjoy the ride. take a drink take take a drink man take a couple of drinks it's the, the sound of adulthood <laughs> yeah because you can't put ice in water well, you gotta wreck stuff <laughs> so the topic today is the topic today is trying not to start all my sentences with so because i have to edit those out it gets annoying now the topic really today is team focus versus individual focus so first, I think it's probably important to establish with our audience what I mean by that, because by individual, I do not mean me, maybe not even necessarily the opposite of team focused. But if you think of it as a spectrum, like many things, you can either be all about the team or you can be all about the individuals on the team. I would dare say that neither extreme is very beneficial. So this isn't about what's right or wrong. This is much more about finding out where you fall on the spectrum and what that what the pros and cons are yeah there's a i think there's a a really deep and complex conversation we can have on this because your own what's the best way to phrase this your own idiom on whether or not some person needs specific attention whether it's better for the team you know i think we've all been in a situation where at some point if somebody has an issue with negativity, performance, um, if they are that person who's creating gossip, talking behind people's backs, there there can be reasons why that that individual can no longer stay a part of a culture if that culture is is working properly. And I know from our own intent and the way that we do things, we see ourselves as somebody to remove obstacles, protecting the team, buffering them from from things coming from higher up. Sometimes you have to buffer them inside too, but. Um, yeah, when, when to use individual perspective or team perspective. And I think we have some really good stories on different circumstances, inheriting people that didn't respond to one manager. Cause we're all, we're all over the place as far as that spectrum goes with our own strengths and how we approach a situation. Just to kind of lay a baseline for anybody listening. Uh, I am more team focused and Josh is more individual focused. And you can look at our top five strengths, and this probably makes sense from that point of view. Strategy is in my top five, harmony is in Josh's. So what that means is I tend to focus a little bit more on the big picture, and Josh tends to focus a little bit more on people getting along. Yeah. And again, 
neither is bad. In fact, both are good in certain doses. If you can look at it from the perspective of all efforts on this spectrum are can be can be beneficial, there's no bad way to be unless you're at an extreme. If you are team focused at the absolute expense of an individual, that may not be healthy to your team. And if you are super individually focused at the expense of your team, that's not necessarily healthy. Yeah. So it's good to find a balance, but I also think that being directly in the middle is pretty difficult. You probably skew one way or the other. Yeah. Josh skews individual, I skew team, and these have different um, you know, markers, smile markers. I wanna run through my strengths really quick because there's some other things that really color this. So belief, which is essentially my value set, and that can be different for everybody, right? But then we have uh, connectedness, developer, communication, and harmony. And so the developer in me, the reason that we may be in the space at the same time, the connectedness, uh, there are a lot of things that I really enjoy about finding out about people. I, I love my one-on-ones. Um, I love going through and actually figuring out what makes somebody tick and what they're about. If they're somewhere to where their, <laughs> their individualism may be negatively affecting the team, one thing about the harmony and trying to balance that off that I had to learn was being willing to go in and ask those awkward questions and be like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And with a full caveat and understanding, like, I'm not here to do something that's negative to you. I'm, I'm going to we're going to ask these questions and walk through these emotional doors together because as an individual, you can do better. And then what I've developed also, honestly, probably with only in the last three or four years is really that ability to look at all those individuals and figure out how they stack together and strategize on who needs to work with whom in order to get better, not on weaknesses, but how does somebody who's really strong in a certain area and we can talk about it and we have that same that same vocabulary I can talk to somebody who doesn't have those strengths. They still understand. And we have that ability then to see gains in certain areas that all of that really is just to say, I think for me, definitely individuals are important and how and why they act the way that they do. And then as a leader, I'm always putting that through the lens of now, how does that help my team or hinder my team? And how do we hedge that and balance that? So I will, I will paint the picture from my perspective just so that we can again lay this baseline for everything that Josh says said I agree I agree with everything you just said but I think it's interesting that those were the words that you were using cuz that colors the side of the spectrum that you skew towards so if you just think about it from that way we're not disagreeing on the things that we're saying right now we're just painting a picture for which direction we skew on the spectrum so for me my top 5 are ideation achiever competition, maximizer, and strategy. Almost none of those have to do with an individual person with the sole exception of maximizer. So I do have some huge desire to optimize, which includes many individuals where you will focus on a person and how they fit into the mix and your ability or desire to develop them and connect to them. For me, it's more about how do they fit into the team and the environment we've created, how are they going to contribute to the group as a whole? So I've one of the things that I've kind of figured out about myself recently is I don't know that I feel great about being a, a mentor. 
the reason is because I need a team to send you to. <laughs> I, I have, That's funny. And it's not, it's not a laziness thing. It's not a pawning something off. I just know what I'm good at. And what I'm good at is creating an environment. I am good at crafting a culture so that everybody's very sim, very on very similar pages, if not exactly on the same page, so that I am leveraging the power of the team to develop this one individual. And I, it's fascinating to me that you have developer and connectedness and harmony. And all of those are very much focusing on this, how this one person feels in these things. And I'm on, I'm closer to the other end, which is your feelings about this don't matter very much to me. They might matter to somebody on the team, which is why the team power is so great for me. I'm realizing something in the moment here, though, that I think is funny. So when uh, when I laughed just a minute ago, you know, you've continued to be a mentor for me where I've had other positions in, in other uh, companies or with the state. Continuing those conversations and continuing growth. We are kind of the balance of each other where you're very high level and you really enjoy leading leaders. I enjoy people who have that capability and that capacity. I think it's fantastic. But I really, I'm really interested in that individual and what makes them tick and where they're falling on that scale. We're the perfect complement to each other. So when you're saying that you really don't like mentoring, I'm laughing because I call you my mentor, Max, mm-hmm. um, to people who don't know you, uh, et cetera. And we really do balance one another because you have this high level perspective where, and we'll, we'll probably get into this a little bit where I will give somebody maybe one chance too many. Yeah, we will definitely and, get into this. <laughs> and it's, and it's that, uh, great sounding board where you're not like me and you don't think like me and having you in the wheelhouse of people that I talk with and communicate with to get other perspectives, you're fantastic at going, mm, I, I, you know, is it time to cut bait? <laughs> is it, is it time to not necessarily let a person go? I don't, I don't operate from that standpoint, but it's time for that person to either step up or have a really honest conversation about the fact that this isn't going to continue to go this way because whether you're, they're undermining me or the team or the company or the background, whatever they're doing is not something, not even productive, um, particularly if it's malicious. I have a pretty short fuse for that in all honesty. But I, I think it's funny when you say you're not a mentor because you balance me so perfectly. I get so much great information by walking through different scenarios with you. And I've had a lot of instances too, where we're going through my scenarios where I'm working with somebody and I kind of hear you kind of rethinking like, well, yeah, like you, you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) That is an option. (laughs) Well, I think this is another good point to touch on this. And I, I promise I can leave it alone after this. No, I don't promise. I will try my hardest to leave it alone after this. This is another good example of this is a spectrum so it's not that I can't or don't want to mentor. I just think that my my greatest amount of usefulness to a person is if I have a team to leverage. And I'll, I'll say there have been things that you've come to me about since we stopped working together a couple of years ago where I'm still leveraging your experience with the team. You oh, know, absolutely. What do you think this person would say about this particular situation? Or I tell you a story when I, you know, I had a conversation with this other individual and so I'm still leveraging the team, even though the team, it doesn't affect, it, or it, the team does not exist anymore as it yeah. was. All those people are still alive, but they're not on the same team anymore. 
I think it's a great lesson to find mentors who don't think like you. Yes. In order totally to agree. gain that perspective. This is really funny because, uh, you know, we're we're looking to have some of these conversations to find areas where maybe we don't have dissonance, but we we don't agree completely to show that spectrum and that balance. And here I am sitting here using harmony, talking about how it works so great together. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop yourself. It's, it's part me- of how I'm wired. And meanwhile, I'm plotting out how this conversation could go in my head. <laughs> so it, they both work. That's that's kind of the point. You mentioned something that we'd probably talk about later. Let's just dive into it because this I think this is a really stellar example. And we learned something about each other when we were first kind of touching on this topic, by the way, for the future, we're just going to come up with a topic and we're not going to talk about it until we're recording. And that's that. We keep having our best conversations while the recording isn't going. Yeah. When, when the tape's not running, as it were, we, we hash stuff out. You mentioned how, you know, giving somebody a last chance and we discovered something about this that was kind of surprising. So for the purposes of this, I'm going to uh, illustrate to the audience a, an analogy that I used to use. I'm just trigger warning. It's a little unpleasant, maybe for some people, the way I, I have a tendency to use analogies that relate to violence. I'm not a violent person. I have never committed violence <laughs> upon another human outside of a sanctioned boxing ring. <laughs> um, but... And so that's just, that's just to give you a heads up. You may not like the analogy, but it's still apt. So the, the, the way this goes is you have somebody who is essentially refusing to perform or there are in, or they are incapable of performing. And oftentimes if you're a leader, you've encountered this, there's, there's somebody that maybe they're not a job fit or maybe they are a job fit, but they are unmotivated for whatever reason. Maybe they are undertrained. These possibilities are your job to figure out. So the analogy is what I call the minefield. The minefield only begins, generally speaking, when you have discovered what the problem is. So whether it is they do not feel like they were trained enough or whether they just hate this job or whether they are not capable of doing this job, whatever the reason is, they're not doing it and they're not doing it consistently. And the company that we used to work for, we would put them on, you know, some, well, generally speaking, what would be called a disciplinary action. Very specifically, it would be called a performance improvement plan, which was very euphemistic. Just it's very nice, fluffy language. Everything's going to be fine. It's just You're on a pip. You're on a pip. <laughs> it's just a performance improvement plan. Everything's fine. And it would be, it could be fine. The, the pip was your first warning to turn around and go a different direction. That was the first volley of like, hey, listen, you're headed in a bad direction. There's mines over there. And I'm telling you, it's bad. It's if, you know, you, you could just ask them outright, do you want to be fired? Well, no, I need this job. Okay. Then I'm, I'm guiding you on a better path. And the path that you're currently on is not going to benefit you because you're likely to get fired if you just keep going down it. As oddly as I'm going to step in here, I know in, in instances where this has had to happen for, you know, probably none of my peers, but at some level, you're always coming from that place of support. Like, please turn around because if we, I, I think I use the analogy once, if we get to the edge of the cliff, I'm not going with you. You will go off on your own, but. Because I will have been <clears throat> along this whole ride, tugging on your coattails, trying. Yeah. 
you know, begging you to turn around and go the other way. I'm saying that in defense of your character, because I know even the way you phrase it when you're working with somebody is like, I'm trying to not hurt you. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to let you keep your job. I'm trying to help you get the most out of it. I'm trying to help you enjoy it. Whatever it is that you're after in this place, that's what I want for you. If what you're after in this place is to go on a leave of absence and get paid for not working, I'm not into that. That's not my that's not my jam. But if you're here to have a solid, stable job that you can count on for a safe work environment and either be recognized or not to your tastes and make a bonus and get promoted or whatever, like whatever your thing is, as long as it's not detrimental to the company or to my team, I want it for you. And I probably want it for you better than you'd want it. Where the minefield comes into play is you lay down the the performance improvement plan and they just keep heading, they just keep walking towards that field. And so the reason I called it a minefield is because at some point you may have to start making those mines live. Like you're, you're placing them in the ground around them to go, I'm telling you, this is the wrong way to go. So it, it can involve a lot of things and there's no need to go into a bunch of details, uh, you know, specifics for our particular job because we're just going to bore the crap out of people. But Here's one of the things that I will say about the minefield. I will allow somebody to walk into that thing long before you will. That's one of the things that differentiates us from being team focused versus individual focused. Because if somebody is underperforming, that is a detriment to the team. And at the time, you know, 200 people working for me, 10 teams, so 10 leaders, that's a lot of mouths to feed. It's maybe some of, uh, some of our audience has teams of 5,000 or 10,000, however big, I mean, you could have a whole company of 275,000 under your wings. Um, like we did the CEO at the top of, of the bank we worked for. However many people there are, all of them deserve your attention in some form or fashion, however you can best deliver it. I'm getting sidetracked a little. So the idea is they keep heading this direction. You got to lay down the mines and all of it is designed to discourage them from this poor behavior or poor set of choices they've made. Just to give you a time frame, a performance improvement plan was supposed to be placed on somebody when they had 90 days of consistent poor production in whatever the thing was. And you could put somebody on a PIP for a very specific metric. You could put somebody on it for a very specific behavior. And oftentimes, because humans are human, they will improve that one thing but drop something else. And so then you have to put them on another pip for this other thing. And it, it can get really ugly if you're not versed in how to handle this kind of situation and HR. <laughs> um, it can get messy really fast. So you you have to get good at this kind of stuff. And for me, 90 days, that's, that's three months. It's a long time. You were trained how to do this. And we had a two month plus training program. So you spent two months in training, somebody walking you through it step-by-step, step, answering all of your questions, having you take notes. Then you would go to this on-the-job training. You would be handed to a team of people that we've mentioned on an earlier episode where they were walking you through on-the-job training. You would take phone calls. They would be sitting right next to you. They're lending you their expertise. You went through all of this. Every single person who worked for us went through this intensive training program and then had 90 days to get their shit together. And if 90 days goes by and you still, let's say, are taking way too long on your phone calls, then we got to address that. Yeah. I'll, I'll walk through what I would do and then you walk me through what, what you would do. I would tell them, like, I'm not telling you you have 90 days to get it together and be a perfect banker. 
I'm telling you, I need to see if you, if you are struggling with something, I need to see consistent improvement. I need to see constant effort because my thing is if you're trying your best, I will take all of the bullets for you. Again, another violent <laughs> reference. I apologize, everybody. It's just, it's, it, they come easy to me. I will stand in front of the obstacles that are coming your way if you are constantly improving because that means you're trying. But if 90 days goes by and nothing changes, you're not trying. There's no way. The job's not that hard. Yeah. I used to always say the job was too easy to cheat and too hard to be lazy. The point where as a leader, you're working harder than the individual in order for them to improve. That's a, just, a, just a little indicator there. Yes, that's a, <clears throat> that's a very good stopping point. So here was the schedule. After 90 days, they're not improving the thing, no consistent... As essentially the only consistency they're demonstrating is that they're not trying very hard. They're going on that pit 90 days on day 91. They're on it. And then they have 30 days before we go to the next step, which was called an informal warning. And then they have 30 days after that before they go on a formal warning. And then they have 30 more days before we are technically allowed to terminate their employment or free up their future, as I always like to say. So I would follow that to the letter, but I had leaders that, didn't always want to follow that program with me. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to hand it over to you. <laughs> you tell me how you would do it. Hello. <laughs> um, 90 days was, I think, my focus for that period. Like what you had said was improvement. So we're not we're not miles apart on this. But I think in the, in the conversation of where we were going to kind of touch point on individuals versus team, we did have a discussion where if I'm laying the minefield, you're already screwed. Yeah, you're and jumping ahead. But yeah, yeah. I do, I do give more chances because if they are showing improvement um, or effort, I want to make sure that I exhaust every resource that I have as a leader in order to make sure that I am developing them, that I am communicating what needs to happen, and that I'm giving them an opportunity to self-assess and reflect and figure, figure out a path because, you know, give them the opportunity to grow, I guess you would say. And yeah, I think it's, it's something where if I get to the point where... I have decided that you're not putting in the effort or that I'm working harder than you are or that you don't care that you're sitting with somebody and you're showing that you can demonstrate those skills and we go pull random calls and you're just doing whatever um, and not exercising and getting stronger and and working those new mental muscles uh, that'll that'll come to a point and and I I would give them more time than the 90 days. If they're not showing any improvement at all, a lot of times what might have happened is uh, I'm reflecting, I'm talking with peers, I'm asking for other input, I'm trying to find any way possible to save this individual. And this is where this conversation really started was the individual versus the team. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would challenge that, yes, maybe you would focus on that 90 days, but I have experiences with you where I'm like, all right, what step are we at? I'm like, well, I'm still talking to them. I still think that there's this five, chance. six months. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, six months is the time frame that we were allowed to technically terminate their employment. in. Josh is five, six months in and he still hasn't pipped them yet because there's, you know, you, you would find something like you're, you know, well, they're, you know, they're struggling with this in their life. And I think I can help them with that. Or they're, you know, they're trying. I'm like, yeah, but are they like, so we, we would have those backs and forths. So what would take me at a minimum six months might take you a year <laughs> more. Would you, would you agree with that? I mean, we're talking about somebody that's. Yeah. Maybe like, like nine months to a year, because I, I think, I think it's that comfort level with the cutoff point. I mean, I have a responsibility and an expectation from the business as well as a leader. If they're not showing any improvement again, either they can't or they won't. 
if I'm approaching those numbers, that's where I as a leader either don't have the ability to teach them. And if I'm exhausting those types of resources, yeah, I mean, we're, we're literally talking about something where they're sitting with peers, they're sitting with coaches, they're sitting with team leads, they're sitting with managers. We're doing one-on-ones. We're, we're, we're looking for very specific things on a call that I might be at the end of that first 90 days where we're not seeing improvement. That might be the point where I'm like, okay, I'm not giving you a script per se. We can figure out however you want to word it, but you will do X on every single call. You will do Y on every single call. And if you don't, and so what I'm doing is I'm starting to build up that body, um, essentially of documentation even beforehand. And yeah, it does. It delays it by probably a month or two at least. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you can't tell Max didn't really care for that, but on the flip side, you also gave me the freedom to get down in the weeds emotionally with people. And, and I think this merits like the, maybe the crossover, There's one person that I'm thinking of in particular that when I inherited my team, it it had been managed. uh, Imagine a manager who's literally managing the team that that reports to them directly. And then this manager had left. And so there's 23 individuals reporting to him as well, where he has to take care of all of the paperwork and the ebb and flow. It's a lot. You know, we we go through and he was he was great. He's like, I'm going to let you form your own opinions about your own teams, etc. And over the course of a month or two, we did have a couple of conversations and they were down on one person in particular heavily that this person was really negative and really probably shouldn't be here just from the sake of bringing other people down. And my question is always why? Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to, I, I have that natural curiosity when it comes to a human. And that person, if I know you're talking about actually came from another team because there was some, you know, uh, consolidation that was happening. And that previous leader was reckless at, at times. Uh, you know, they, they did a lot of learning under my care, but they were often reckless. I'm say. I'm actually I'm realizing in the moment here that I think because, you know, we've talked about timelines, things like establishing, trust and standards and expectations and and how it takes time to build those things out and that time frame for me was about six months i wonder if that's where i got into the habit of this time frame more of rather than 90 days more like five or six months um but what happened long and short with this individual is i i broke it down into the same steps that we'd talked about in the first couple of podcasts i laid out my intent i was completely transparent and i was asking hard questions about why they would act that way or why they would speak that way in a meeting it was it was a situation where you could tell this person was hurt and they were hurting they had a huge wall and it was a a process where within the time frame of four or five months had at least built enough trust for them to understand that I was going to be solid and I was going to be fair and performance came up. Lots of questions, lots of pushback, but the performance was there or the individual, you know, we would have taken additional steps, right? It took two years and this person was on my team the entire time I was there for more than four and a half years to where I started to understand and I'm not... (laughs) I'm not exaggerating here. We're talking about lifelong trauma, legitimate trauma. It took it took enough time for them to open up and blossom and and understand. I was giving them that trust and being consistent. But then for them to realize that I was going to hold that trust in kind 
and actually respond back and answer some of those difficult questions. Go through some of those difficult emotional doors and have that conversation where we could improve the person as opposed to the employee. It was a two-year process, but that individual was consistently at the top of the team. And by the end of two years. By the end of two years. Yeah. And and it's something where the reward there for, for myself was not giving up on somebody and being able to use my own insights. Those are my strengths. They're not somebody else's. I feel like she was really fortunate. I think if she would have been on anybody else's team, there's a chance that that maybe they wouldn't have taken those additional steps to dig into some of those emotional foxholes. So let's break this down in terms of the spectrum, because there is, if it was up to me, no way that person would have made it two years. No way. Because that was two years with you. They had already been on my team working for another leader for, I don't know, a year before that. So we're talking three years before this person finally starts generating production that is in line with the job that they have signed up for, stops being belligerent to customers. I want to correct you. The performance came up very quickly. The attitude didn't change and it was negatively impacting the team. And that was the part that had to change. The The performance was there. But my God, at the end of the day, this person would be exhausted from having to talk to these people. It's like, there's an easier way to do this. Yeah. All right. So fine. Let, let's take that correction. But it still applies. Somebody who's doing something detrimental to the team, for me, I, I'm on the hunt now. Yeah. You Don't hurt my team. Even from within it. Do not hurt my team. So that's, again... And that may sound noble, but you can take it too far. You can be too extreme about this. In my estimation, the way that you handled that scenario was too extremely focused on the individual because she was doing damage to your team for the entire time she was there. She was doing damage to the team that she was on before, too. I had worked with the previous leader, and that person was a little reckless and probably did things that caused more damage than fixed for sure. But again, just breaking this down from the spectrum perspective, three years is a lot longer than I would have suffered through for the benefit of the team. And considering that the thing that you needed to work on them the most with was the damage that they were or were not doing to their team, that is definitely, that's to me, that's a six month. And the only reason it's going to take me that long is because I'm limited by the company. There's, there's some good stuff in here. I'm going to caveat some of this so that I don't sound like a weak manager. No, no, no. I like, let me, let me go through the, the layout first. I know I'm not, I'm not painting that picture at all because you're right about the kind of valuable employee. And as far as I know, they still work for the same company and they're still cranking out performance. The, the employee became a very valuable person to whatever team that they were on three years. When you're talking about a 40 to 50% average turnover rate for our contact center, as well as others, Um, I mean, not at the height of our powers, but, you know, generally the average was a very high turnover rate. So you got people coming in and going out all the time and it took three years to get this person, but it took somebody like you who is that focused and could see the benefits and go, well, listen, you know, they're at least performing like they're, they're, they're putting up good numbers showed up every day unless, you know, medical stuff got in the way, but everybody had that kind of protection. It was fine. In the meantime, I know all of this person's history and the damage that they've caused before you even got there, the damage they continued to cause after you got there. All I'm doing is painting a picture 
that you can look at this in two different ways. You can look at it from the perspective of previous to three years, this person was not worth the time and effort. Mm -hmm. After three years, absolutely worth the time and effort. So if you look at it skewing from my direction, the direction I skew towards, team-focused, you would not keep this person on. As a matter of fact, I was having conversations by the time you got there with her previous leader that she wasn't going to make it. We were already on, we were already placing the minefield by the time you got there. So you helped pull her out. And this, so as the audience, you get to pick which one of these versions sounds better to you. She either would have gotten shit canned (laughs) a lot earlier, or you suffer for three years and the team takes it on the chin a little bit for three years. And then eventually she becomes a badass. You, you kind of, you got to know where you're at and you got to know what your team is capable of doing. And you got to know yourself. Those, yeah. I, I stated those as two separate things, but they're not. There's really only two things there. There's, there's, there's definitely thresholds that, that different individuals can handle as far as, you know, again, are we looking at the human or are we looking at the team and team performance? This person walked through those doors. They were getting better every step of the way. But, and this is a great lesson, so I'm going to bring it up as a story. I remember uh, a meeting where essentially this person just not even the the self-awareness wasn't there. They blew the meeting up because of the fact that they started asking these really hard questions. And it's not that they weren't questions that couldn't be answered. It's the way that they were asked in the meeting, kind of blowing things off like, oh, here we go again, you know, right? Really, really undermining the meeting. Yeah, we're not talking about asking productive questions in an unproductive way. We're talking about asking terrible questions. We're talking about popping off. Yeah, we're talking about just mouthing your, uh, vocalizing your discontent. Right. And so, um, and this was a, a... towards the beginning. And it was really kind of that, that instance where I realized, oh, I can actually get through to this human, but I did it because of advice that I got from you. And it was that idea again of, you know, we don't, we don't tear people down in public. Um, but we definitely build people up in public praise publicly criticize privately. So the lessons in here, when you have a difficult person who asks that ridiculous or hard question in a meeting, Rather than chastising, rather than putting it down, rather than, you know, right there in the meeting saying, why would you ask something so negative? Really, really making it a moment between you and that individual where the rest of the room and realize there are 22 other people in the room going, "Mm, oh, my God, whose butt's just puckered. (laughs) (laughs) The better way to handle that, and it was advice from yourself, was just. You know, I, I, I think some of it was mine where I would go to a peer, a leader on the team, and I'm new at this point with this group, but still having had some one-on-ones and knowing who they are, asking that question, you know, that's a valid point. It can be really difficult. Does anybody, how would you, how would others of the, on the team handle that? And getting other people that have that, you know, and I don't want to say group think because I think that's been tainted as being negative, but this idea of, well, here's how I would handle it and starting the conversation that I want to have, which is how are we going to get in front of it as opposed to, yeah, you're right. It's kind of shitty, but thanks for bringing it up in that context. Right. But then the part that I got from Max was really the after the meeting. And it was, you know, help me understand what was your intent? What was the, what was the goal of making comment X in the first five minutes and really kind of undermining the whole, the whole process. Now, what happened was that recognition, this person does not like surprises. They don't like to get hit over the head with things. They do not react well 
to an unknown or new circumstance. Adversity, in other words. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> but what it what it educated me to was two things in talking with you. Um, you gave you gave me a process. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing we talked about was I will give you a heads up. When we're going into these meetings, I made it a standard process that if something was going to be difficult, you know, we're, we know when things are changing and when things are going to alter, we have to relearn things. At least for this individual, it was tough. We would talk about it in the one-on-one beforehand, or I would even pull for a five-minute meeting before and just say, hey, here's what the topics of the meeting are going to be. How do you feel about these? Oh, well, let's talk about it now. Let's get it out up front. And I have a couple thoughts about that. Number one, you are burning extra calories that you do not have to burn on everybody else. So in a way, you're showing her some sort of special treatment. By the way, I'm just you're, saying her now because we've already blown a pronoun game. You said she a couple of times, so we're just, it's a she. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she identifies as a female. It, everything's fine. But um, that way we don't have to go back and forth between they and she. So my number one point is that I don't know how many people on your team you were running over the agenda of the meeting prior to having the meeting one okay so this this person is getting an extra meeting to them they're getting pulled off the phone or whatever to have this extra special meeting of like hey here's the things coming so this is something that i understood what you were doing and i because i let you guys do your own thing i wasn't going to stop you it's not something i would have done my second part is all honesty how many meetings did she blow up probably two because in the second one that was where following through on the advice that I was mentioning that you gave me, we had a one-on-one immediately following the meeting. And it was, we have options here. This is the second time we already talked about it once where your negative comments have kind of derailed the meeting. So we have an option here. Either you can not come to our meetings and I can fulfill the information that I'm required to give you via email or through our one-on-one and you will not be invited to our meetings Mm -hmm. or you will check yourself before you make a negative comment, which would you prefer? Would you prefer not to come to the meeting or Or do you want to check yourself? And (laughs) yeah. And of course they chose option two, right? I guarantee you, I was the first person that ever had a conversation. Like, are you aware of what you're doing in these meetings and how negatively impactful it is? Because this person had, had, that's almost always the case, by the way, when you address something, when you address a person's behavior that they're doing, that comes very natural to them. They've clearly had a lifetime, however, however old they are. They've had a lifetime up until then of nobody calling them on their shit. That's yeah. just that's just usually the case. And that was one of the things that I advocated the most for is yeah. you got to point it out. You got to address it to them. And you got to make them deal with it. And it's interesting because it colored another another employee relationship down the road. Somebody who is coming back from a leave. But this individual was hyper negative and it was something that I already had in my arsenal and it was meeting number one because it was not just asking a difficult question or derailing it was it was over the top yeah they're throwing grenades they absolutely were throwing grenades to the point where it was a one and done we had a meeting immediately after and I asked the same question you know the the behavior in the meeting and the way that you undermined what we're trying to do is not acceptable. Would you prefer to not go to our meetings and have me send you that? They literally got so angry. They stood up and walked out. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that person was you a child. Yeah. And, and, but again, the spectrum we're talking about, I had one individual that was completely unaware 
who had things they needed to overcome. And I could see that my my emotional intellect was high enough that I could say this person has some things that we can work on. There was another individual that was abusing the system that was. Oh, she was absolutely for the the absolutely for the sake of um, it didn't nothing mattered except her in, in that moment. But there's that conversation. Here's the piece of advice that you gave me. You said they're going to go back. They're going to tell other people that if you behave that way in a meeting there, he's he'll send you the stuff. But he's like, yeah, he's like going to take me out of the meeting. I'm okay with having the reputation of we will talk civilly and we will make progress and we will learn and grow and find and do and I'll ask hard questions and I'm transparent enough. They know, you know, there were instances where you were going to bat, where we were taking information from them and going to bat and we were, I don't want to say pushing the envelope, but we were pushing for transparency. We were pushing for something that was, I would, I would literally say was right or righteous on their behalf. I can say with great confidence, the company was not educating us on these tactics. This was, I'm, if I had gone to my leader with this same kind of problem, there would have been the performance improvement plan conversation and there would have been warnings and HR would have gotten involved. And I'm like, or (laughs) yeah, here's what we can do. So let me pull this back out of the weeds so I can kind of sum up this situation and how it, how it, um, how it lands on the spectrum. So people can, you know, so everybody can kind of wrap their brains around what's happening here. You and I handled this, would have handled this situation much different. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing we would have had in common that we did have in common is that you, after the meeting, you said, here's what happened. Here's my reaction to it. Here's my questions for you about this thing. And here's my expectation. So you blew up my meeting. Um, you didn't do anything productive. Did, what purpose did it serve? What do you feel better now? And then you know, my expectations is this isn't going to happen again. For me personally, I coveted meeting time because the job that we had did not allow everybody to get together all the time. We, in fact, especially the bankers that were on the phones, the company was constantly trying to remove those meetings from their schedules as though they weren't important. So when we got a meeting, you don't get to blow it up because you're discontented about something or because you're unhappy. Like that's not what these are for. You can express yourself in a grown up and civil manner about something that you don't agree with. And we can have a conversation about that, but you don't get to huff and puff and tell everybody who's listening. Cause everybody's now listening that this sucks and we shouldn't have to do this, whatever it is they're doing. Mm. So the part that we have in common is pulling them aside and, and having that conversation and going forward where we differ is I would have told this person, what I just told you about how much I covet my meetings. I'm not saying you have to be a bright, shiny, happy person when you come to the meeting. I'm not telling you you have to be who you, somebody you're not. What I am telling you is that these meetings are designed to be productive. That's reason number one. And reason number two, they're team bonding time. And if you're going to alienate yourself from the team by yeah. being a malcontent, very verbally, you will not be invited. This is your one and only shot. The second time, you blow, you throw a hand grenade out, a live one on my meeting, I will dismiss you and I will do it publicly and I won't be rude. I will just tell you you're dismissed. You can go back to your desk. I and, will provide and, you the and rest get of the phone. <laughs> get on the phone. Yeah. You're not going to go spend the rest of this time off the phones. I need you to go get back on the phones. I will remove this meeting from your schedule so that it does not negatively impact that metric. 
they only got one shot once I've talked to them in this particular thing. Many, many things I would give people plenty of chances on. This was not one of those things. Yeah. I, I was too covetous of meeting time. So that's where we would have parted ways. And also, I would not have made the agreement with her, hey, listen, if I think there's any chance that you're going to have a negative reaction, I'm going to pull you before the meeting and I'm going to go over the agenda and let you get your, you know, your vitriol out. I would not have done that either. Again, for the listener, we're just calibrating so that you can discover where you are on the spectrum. Yeah. Do you skew towards individual? Do you skew towards team? We've, we've established multiple times, neither is right or wrong. The perfect balance is nigh impossible. That's not to say that people can't achieve it. We're just saying that Josh and I had a lot of success in leading people and we, we, are not, we were not perfectly balanced. Neither one of us is directly in the middle. Nowhere near Nowhere directly near. in the middle. Yeah. But we're also not the extreme. I would not, you know, I would not have blown her up in return to show the team, hey, you know, this this Don't screw with is intolerable. Me. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a team super team extreme focused mentality. Is oh, you don't get to do that here. Um, that's a criticized privately moment, which makes yeah. me skew a little closer to the individual focus. Like I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let this go this one time, one time, one time. The second time, you will be out. I will make it public. I'm not gonna shame you. Unless you feel shame about being dismissed, but I will not apologize for that. You've been warned. You're expected to act like a grown-up. And this person was definitely old enough to be acting like a grown-up. Just to kind of paint this picture and make sure that I'm, I'm saying it the right way. You can be individual-focused and you can work with this person like Josh did and take the three years to help her become a superstar, which she was very good at the job. She became a team advocate like with all of that time and effort put in, I'm super glad, I'm super glad for you that she did turn out well, because that's a lot of time to put into somebody. Um, or you can skew the other direction. And this person would have made it out, out of six months, not with that attitude. And she probably wouldn't have made it past that second meeting. You said she blew up two meetings that in the middle of that second one, I'd have been like, you're that out. was where I figured it. That was where I, I needed to ask the question because I had a growth opportunity. Yeah. The other individual that we had, had mentioned, though, that was something just not even probably three or four months down the road from that. Um, <clears throat> you know, they walked out and they're like, you can't you can't do that. And my, my response was, I think there's a reasonable expectation as your manager for me to coach your behavior. Yes. Especially absolutely. when it negatively impacts the other 21 people in the room. Yeah. My job is to make sure that you are getting the information and training provided to do the job correctly. How you get that information yeah. is available in multiple yeah. sources. It, it, really, it really was somebody who was hurting who had, I think it would be the, the desire, even if they didn't realize it at the time, but the desire to heal and become a better person as opposed to somebody who was like, the world is about me and if you don't like it, you can... You know, and yeah, and it was it was just a constant back and forth and in and out. When we're talking about building trust, this individual became fantastic at the job and much more calm and more even keel and all the, because of trusting and practicing. Whereas the other person, they, they never built the trust. And you're don't be naive. You know, we have some fantastic techniques and we're talking about some things that are really tried and true with hundreds and hundreds of individuals over years and years of experience. There are people who don't care, who don't want, and it's all about them. And you definitely have to have the ability. So I think I mentioned when we were first touching on this and we said, okay, we need to not talk about this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, the learning. And even in that moment, in, you know, moving back into the past, the learning was Max will set the minefield 
and still is is open to where you know you can turn around you know this is this is not where we want to be it's not where i want you it's not what i want for you but it's also a part of the structure of expectation and the job and what the reasonable expectations for the position of why we pay you right to do this and what i realized in that moment and remembered in the conversation that we were having we we're like okay we have to we have to save this for for the podcast mm-hmm. which was um you're doing the exact same thing that I'm doing. You're laying out the minefield, but you're being transparent and you're having those options. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was being transparent, but without laying the minefield. And all it did in the end, I think, was really cost me a month or two. Whereas uh, <laughs> Generously a month or two, sometimes <laughs> longer. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I'm I, I'm. I think there's there's growth points there. I think I'm a different individual four or five years down the road than I would have been That's uh, fair. At, at that point in time. I think I've practiced and I'm better at reading people. But you were doing what was coming natural, and that's kind of the the crux of this conversation. Yeah. So where where you're going, and I, I, I'm glad you did because I was going to go the same direction, is one of the things that we learned that was kind of interesting is that if somebody pushes you to the point of setting the minefield, they're done. There is no turning back. They have pushed you so far, which is one of the reasons that I'm sort of challenging your costing you a month or two. Uh, it's not accurate. It, they would cost you half a year or more sometimes because you're still pouring your heart into them and yeah. still get, you're giving them chance after chance after chance to go, listen, don't go this way. There's a minefield that way. And okay. I'm like, you're in a minefield. <laughs> I, I have something to say, but it just feels like an excuse now. Um, <laughs> Might be. Um, I'll be the judge. For me... Having having connectedness and developer and harmony and those those pieces where I I deeply care about the people that are around me and it doesn't matter whether you're my boss or my employee or my peer or whomever that's just part of who I am as a person. I need to be able to leave that situation with the ability to sleep at night with an absolutely mm-hmm. clean a clean conscience in that sense. I, I give every opportunity up to the point of damage and I might even give a little bit of myself and that's, I would, I would even go so far as to say that's my business. If I'm willing to give that little bit of extra to somebody because I can see potential in somebody and what they're capable of, that's my energy to spend on the flip side. That's not everybody and that's not everybody's bag and no. that's okay too. That's a good distinction. What you can skew team centric and still sleep like a baby at night. You know, why do people say sleep like a baby? Babies, babies don't babies sleep. scream like... and shit themselves in their sleep. Anyway, <laughs> you can, uh, <laughs> sorry, that's actually another comedian's joke. I don't remember what his name is. Uh, hopefully if that guy <laughs> hears it, he's not mad at me for using it. I slept like I, a baby. I woke up crying every two hours every all two night hours. long. Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, whatever helps you say sleep like a log or, you know, for needing of a better analogy, I was perfectly content to set, start setting the minefield after 90 days because at any point in the process, they could just turn around and come back the way they came and exit the minefield, the, the direction they came in and be better at the job and all the things and have my total and complete forgiveness. The fact that I had to put them on disciplinary action or I had to have these conversations. I was never mad at anybody for doing that. Cause to me, that's the equivalent of making mistakes. I'm fine with your mistakes. You can make mistakes right up to the bitter end. But once you step on a mine, then it's all over. Yeah. 
versus your approach, which is I'm going to give chances and chances and chances and chances well beyond the 90 days. Hang on. And then I'm going to set the minefield. But if you've pushed me that far to set the minefield, you're done. Like, I'm just going to assume you're going to blow yourself up and I'm going to kind of turn my back and walk away. I'm just going to wait for to, to file the paperwork. And that's an interesting distinction. And people might not understand that or might not think about that. Yeah. From a individual focused perspective, if you're extremely individual focused, you'll never fire somebody. They could just destroy the job. They could destroy the team. They could destroy customer experience and you'll never fire them. That is the extreme version of, ex- of individual focused. The extreme version of team focused is the second you make a mistake, you're no longer a fit for the team and you're out. Neither of us are the extremes. Again, this is all about just finding out where you land on the spectrum and you get to pick. This is a choose your own adventure situation. Josh, you have a success story in this individual. You have a success story that I never would have had. I have more than one, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're using this one. You have a success story that I would not have under my belt. Um, We have different experiences. We have different things that inform our decisions and this person worked out really well. There are other people in my experience, you know, having watched over you and your teams over the years that it, in my estimation, took you too long to lay the minefield down. But I knew once you did, they were done. I like what you said about there's no right and there's no wrong. It, it really is, you know, what we're talking about with individual strengths and, and how it plays out and building trust with individuals It does have to play into the context of a team. Remember, if you're not having any fun, you're doing it wrong. Just like to remind the audience that we are looking to start taking phone calls soon. So if you would like to call in and have us uh, opine on your problem, possibly help shed some light or perhaps some sunshine on your uh, on your whatever challenge you're facing in your leadership role. Uh, you can email us at authorityoptionalpodcast at gmail.com. We will reach back out and try to arrange a good time for you to join us. That's authorityoptionalpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.